Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. This is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 23, Duke's Bad Boy. Mary, what happened this week? Donna talks all kinds of shit about David because he's late for couples radio time. (laughs) Donna wants to go to the studio with David to see how that all works. David's producer, Serge, gave him a trash beat to work with, and he is visibly unhappy but unwilling to stand up for his art because he doesn't want to risk losing this opportunity. Donna tells Steve about David's shitty no-negativity producer, and he agrees to come to the recording studio to hear what they're doing to David's music. Steve subtly tells the producer it sucks, and they make him leave. David pretends to be excited about his trash song that they're going to play for Curtis at a meeting. The song is trash, and Curtis agrees. (laughs) They basically fire David, who tells them he doesn't need them. But you know who he does need? Steve. (laughs) Kelly tells Donna she gained two pounds in a day without eating anything, and then shows off the diet pills she bought at the drugstore. Kelly tries to talk to Dylan while he's writing and gets upset that he wants to write and not talk to her. She meets up with Steve, David, and Donna at the Peach Pit and only orders coffee, then eats three more diet pills and oh my god, her poor heart. Brenda invites Dylan and Kelly to dinner at the Walsh's because Dylan is sad. Kelly says they should leave because her mom wants her home early, but she really just wants some alone time with Dylan. Dylan is not up for alone time because his dad is dead and he's really fucking sad, Kelly, damn. Kelly accuses Brenda of using Jack's death to get close to Dylan again. Andrea overhears and tells Kelly to maybe give Dylan a little bit of space. Andrea wants to win a newspaper award, but all of the issues suck. Andrea wants to interview Dylan for the newspaper, forgetting everything she said to Kelly about letting him have some space. Brandon tells her he would never write an article about his grieving friend. Andrea invites herself to Dylan's house to talk or whatever. They talk, and Andrea asks him if he wants to be featured for the Blazes' senior profile. Dylan is not interested, but changes his mind as long as he gets to write it himself. Andrea finds out Dylan reads books and tries to get him into her AP English class. Gil agrees to give him a chance and talks to Mrs. Teasley about it. Jeff Steller, some blonde kid with square hair, tells Brandon he's a baby bookie. Brandon places a bet with him, seemingly to pay off all of the money that he owes to Duke, who, if he doesn't pay, will have his friend in the car named Tony beat him up, probably. Brandon talks back to Cindy and won't eat pie. She asks Jim to talk to him. It turns out Jim knew Brandon has been gambling this whole time, but Brandon lies and tells Jim he's not in any trouble. Brandon wins a $1,500 bet that he placed with Jeff and thinks everything is going to be okay and that Tony won't have to beat him up after all. But Steve tells him there's no way Jeff has $1,500. Jeff says he'll bring Brandon his money to the peach pit. Spoiler alert, he doesn't have it. Brandon freaks the fuck out on Jeff and Steve has to separate them. Brandon gets $300 from Steve and $200 from Jeff the next day and gives $500 to Duke. But Brandon doesn't have... Wait, shit. Okay, yeah. But Brandon doesn't have to meet Tony because Nat bailed him out. Nat tells Brandon if he ever catches him gambling again, he'll call Jim. Oh, my God. Brandon gets away with everything. Yeah, he does. He does. He just always does. Like, the the whole sequence of how all that went down, we're like, first of all, I don't know what Steve's allowance is, but it is insane. Where he's like, <laughs> only have what I have which just happens to be $300 but that's gonna get me through the end of the month 
and I'm out already. <laughs> How will I do it? Yeah. When he's like, I'm out. I only have $300 left. I was like, sir, what do you get? And what do you spend it on? His allowance is more than my paycheck. I guarantee <laughs> it. I like Mary's baby bookie thing. I called him teenager. I called him random. <laughs> but I like baby bookie. I like when baby bookie shows up and is like, I got you $200. Yeah, like cute buddy that's not anywhere close to what we agreed on angry brandon made his himself known this episode i know although did you notice he was still angry brandon with cindy but like slightly less angry because nobody yells at cindy yeah i was gonna say like he's angry brandon but she shuts that shit down fast yeah he's like like i feel like if it was anybody else he'd be like i'm not hungry mom but since it's Cindy, he was like, I'm not hungry. And she was just like, excuse me? He's like, I mean, I'll, I can eat. <laughs> you will sit at this table with your friends and you will have pie mm -hmm. with ice cream. Or I will tell your father. <laughs> just wait till your father gets home. I, I do love that this entire episode basically culminated in like, I'm going to tell Jim on you. Yeah. Everyone. Like, he's ever been afraid of Jim. Like, why would he be? But it's that unspoken thing we've talked about a couple of times of, like, Jim doesn't really overtly, like, put this pressure on his kids a lot of times. But Brandon definitely feels it. Yeah. I mean, even though Brandon never gets punished, and even though this is all probably Brenda's fault... <laughs> Brenda, how could you let him get into basketball? You go to the same school. How do you let him? Brenda told the bookie. It was her. God. Brenda, I God. swear to God. <laughs> Just wait till your father gets home. Um, but yeah, even though none of that or like all of those things happen, he never gets punished and it's somehow Brenda's fault. He's still like I guess is afraid of Jim because of the pressure that Jim puts on him. So it's maybe like the psychological, emotional side, even though like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Jim still treats him the same regardless. Right? Like, I kind of feel like if you find out your kid is gambling and like spending all this money and like he's, you know, got at least some form of a an addictive personality where like he was an alcoholic a little while ago you think he'd care a little more even if it was just from the like math perspective <laughs> like because jim's an accountant or a financial planner or a tax advisor or yeah something to do with money and math and even if brandon was just in trouble from the sake of like brandon when you put in $1,000 and expect to get $1,500 back, that's only a $500 return. Like, <laughs> I don't know math terms and accounting terms, but that that doesn't add up to me. <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. I can't get over everything that happened with Brandon in this episode. And I guess this is it. Like, he's just done gambling now. Apparently. I mean, because, like, this whole episode, I had written... Some things about, oh, you know, he's telling Steve that his gambling days are about to end. And I think at another point he tells that to Jim or 
He tells it to somebody else where he's like, he tells I it think to Nat. It, that's what it was. He tells it to Nat, and then he tells Jim that he's not in any trouble and like all this kind of stuff. And so, like, usually that leads me to think, oh, no, 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 you're still involved. It's just going to get a lot worse. And it did. But then he still gets out of it. So it's like, okay, maybe he really is done now. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think like we're going to get the rest of the season is going to be very much like when he got the DUI and wrecked his car and then like nothing really changed in his life. But every now and then he'd be like, no, I'm saving up for a new car. Yeah. Except now he's going to be like, no, I'm saving up to pay my boss back the thousand dollars he loaned me for a loan shark. Right. Exactly. That and like he's going to make some insensitive comment when Brenda is able to like I don't know, go get like a limo for prom or something and, and, and like Jim and Cindy buy it for her or something and Brandon can't use it. I don't know. <laughs> like it's going to be something like that where it's ridiculous and, and he's going to be like, well, man, maybe I should just gamble again and then I can get my own limo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, where's the lie? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. One yeah. thing I will say for Brandon in this episode is he looked genuinely afraid at certain points, and he should be, frankly. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I'm honestly, I'm not against this episode or, like, anything with Brandon. You know, if he's going to be yelly Brandon, this is the time to do it. It's finally appropriately angry Brandon. Like, this is, like, he's been pent up a little bit, so he lashes out at Cindy, but then he's like, wait a minute. I'm not mad at you, mom. I'm mad at random baby bookie. And I'm mad at myself. <laughs> the dramatic like head toss you just did. I just imagine Brandon like talking to himself in the mirror the way he talks to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. What did you expect would happen <laughs> to himself? Yeah, and it's like it's very dramatic. It's got to have like the arm movements and the head movement, and like I didn't ask for this. <laughs> yeah, and he's got like the gum smacking too. He's got to throw something. <laughs> yeah, Brandon smacks his gum so much. He does yeah, about that. I really want to know now. Like, I want to go back and watch just Brandon and see if there's like any difference in how he chews gum depending on his mental state. <laughs> oh. It's like his gum like gives him like extra hits of like adrenaline or something. It's I just like I want to believe it's part of it. Like yeah. part of him acting. <laughs> it's method, Mary. <laughs> it's literally like anytime he goes into an, an audition, they're like, show me anger, and he just chews really loud. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. <laughs> He's just like, hang on a minute, and pulls out a stick of gum. <laughs> so He's he can like, put it in his mouth. He gets out the big league chew and is just like, how much anger do you need? <laughs> oh, my God. I had a dream about not. I mean, it was just a minor, minor detail, <laughs> <laughs> but about big league chew. And I was at some, I guess, a candy shop. I'm not sure. And it had like the big league chew. And I used to chew that all the time when I played softball because it was absolutely like marketed toward kids who played baseball and softball. And in my dream, I had that like realization. I'm like, Oh, this was a smart move. Why don't you get kids hooked on this gum? That looks like it's in tobacco packets. Like 
Because <laughs> that's what baseball players would, it would It wouldn't be gum. It would be chew. Yeah. But in my dream, I was so against it. <laughs> well, how old were you in the dream? Were you like a seven-year-old being like, this is propaganda? No, that would have been way better. No, I think I was 30-year-old me. <laughs> Like, how dare they market to these young kids? Meanwhile, that's exactly what I did as a young kid. Oh, anyway. now I just really want to see, like, you on, like, a Little League softball team, like, seven-year-olds, and just, like, knocking the big league chew out of their hands. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, because that's the thing. If I was actually, like, against it back then, you better believe I would have, like, been, like, taking it away. I was, like, the hall monitor always. I followed all the rules I was like the safety girl. What was that thing? Yeah, I guess it was a hall monitor in, in like fifth grade or something. The fifth graders could be it. I was safety I, that was patrol. safety patrol. That's what it was. I wanted that so bad and I got it and I was so happy. Like I followed all the rules. So I definitely would have been like, see, but I wouldn't be aggressive about it. I would like one person goes up to bat. Oh, they have big league two. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just got like. A big hoodie and you're just like sticking big league chew into the hoodie pouch and then somebody would inevitably find it an adult probably and been like caitlin do you have a problem it all falls out it's no not mine. it's not mine i swear <laughs> i'm the good one y'all should we talk about the episode probably Because, um, I mean, it opens on Donna mm -hmm. wearing a giant blossom hat and being Donna Donna. <laughs> Forgot that's what she calls herself. Yeah. Yeah, she's taking over the radio show and you see, like, her talking and then a car haphazardly parking in the parking lot. A boy getting out of the car. Totally thought it was Dylan, like, on a bender or something. I know. I was like, who got a new car? Yeah, I know. Didn't even know David could drive, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's David, and he's, like, sprinting into the school. And meanwhile, like, at the same time, Donna is, like, calling him out for being late to his show, saying, like, I'm doing this to help you, and if you can hear this, like, blah, blah, blah. And it was great. I honestly don't think... I have loved anything more than Tana getting on David's radio show and announcing to the entire high school, like, have you seen my boyfriend? Because I haven't seen my boyfriend. If you see him, tell him he's late. I, I know. do wish that, like, as he was running through the halls, everyone would be like, hey, that's him. <laughs> that's him. That's him. That's him. Tell hey, Donna. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're late. <laughs> and then he walks in and I really, like, it took me a minute to put together that they were sitting down together on mic and she was still just being like, oh, you finally showed up. Yeah, their little banter was actually like pretty cute. And she even like, you know, talks to him up and signing the record deal and like all of that and then turns on his song. Like that's like a cute way to be like, hey, man, you're screwing up. But also, I still love you. I was actually wondering, I meant to look this up earlier. Um if that was the song that was supposed to be playing or if this episode they just replaced every song that was supposed to be playing with David. Yeah. And? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm going to well, say yes. I looked up that like wiki page or whatever and mm. it looks like there were three total songs in the episode and we didn't hear any of them. 
Um, but who knows when they're supposed to be played? I mean, it could have been that song. It could have been at the end with the jukebox when they play David's song again. Um, so yeah, I think that one was supposed to be there. I know one of the songs because I looked it up too, but I didn't write it down. Um, one of the songs was supposed to be played when uh, Duke comes in, and I don't think we get that one. Makes sense. I really wish we had the music. Man, that would be amazing. I know. And then, like, the more I'm looking stuff up, the more I'm realizing that, like, these episodes, no matter where you watch them at this point, are just, like, horribly cut to take out any, you know, semblance of there being music in them. Right. I'm just like, what am I even watching? I know. Like, it's so weird. How could you do this? Okay, yeah. Donna in the on the morning radio at West Beverly was supposed to be spin doctors. But we don't know if that was like I think she was actually supposed to play David's song when she played it. So maybe like the spin doctors was leading up to that. Yeah, like while he was like late or something at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. And then Almond Brothers was playing are supposed to play when Duke comes into the peach pit to threaten Brandon. Hmm. And then the four tops was when Brandon wins. It says Brandon wins, but I guess Brandon never actually wins, right? Like, I mean, the Celtics win and Brandon gets money. Like, I, I feel like winning a bet implies you did anything. Does it just know. say Brandon wins and that's it? Like, there's no object? It says Brandon wins Steve Cautions. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would have been then. Yeah, so it would have been, like, the Celtics winning, Brandon realizing, I guess, yeah, he won $1,500 off that bet, and then Steve being like, you know he doesn't have that money. Right, right. That would make sense. But that's, like, so much later in the episode. (laughs) Because the first time we see Brandon is the next scene, and this is where he's, like, smacking his gum so much, and Mm -hmm. then... Uh, baby bookie comes over and is like, "Hey, I heard you like to gamble. I like taking money." Mm-hmm. And then Steve walks by, and Brandon's just like, "How could you tell him my name?" And he's like, "Um, I didn't, bro." But also, I really loved him being like, "Well, you know, basketball season's almost over, but then there's softball and turtle racing." Yeah. I think he names like three or four different sports because he's like, I mean, you say you're going to stop gambling, but like if there's things to gamble on, it sounds like you're going to gamble on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only one I wrote down was turtle racing because I just got a really nice visual of Brandon like literally showing up to a playground and being like, I'm about you $5 on that turtle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to, he's going to end up going to like a public park and like some kid is going to be doing a science project for, for like mice or something. And he's going to be like, Hey, Hey. What do you think the odds are here? Put me down on red. (laughs) What are the odds your volcano erupts? Yeah. Yeah. You you thinking, you know, eight to one? I'll take those odds. What do you think? Over, under, set at like seven seconds? You think so? I'll take it. I'll take the over. (laughs) I mean, truly, gambling addiction is not a thing to joke about. But at the same time, I'm just like, I, I would enjoy like a comedic scene. Of Brandon being like, I bet mom unloads the dishwasher in under two minutes. Yeah. Or literally like him trying to mess with Steve or something and does something crazy like a kid's science project. Like that would be funny. Yeah. But then 
um, because we're basically everybody's at school today, which is good because they all go to school. And the next we see is yeah, mostly Um, we see Dylan and Kelly and they're walking into the school and they both just look gloom and doom. Obviously, Dylan is still grieving over Jack McKay's death. And Kelly still doesn't know what to say, which I feel awful for her. But it's like, it's just that weird, you know, like you don't know what to say. Nothing you say is going to be good. You haven't been dating that long. So you kind of feel like you're on eggshells and all this. But then, of course, because, you know, when it rains, it pours. Brenda walks up and she says all the right things and asks them to come to dinner because, you know, the Walsh house is home and it's comfortable and it's. Brenda is comfortable and all that so I tried to make it a little bit more humorous and I put "Ooh, is the thruple back on <laughs> oh and see I was just like this is cold I know like I know. damn and I honestly I got the feeling that Brenda was inviting Dylan and only Dylan oh yeah and then Dylan was the one that was like yeah we'll be there and her just being like okay see you there mm. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying of like, you know, Kelly doesn't know the right thing to say. And then as soon as Brenda shows up, like, oh, I just, I like the anxiety of being like, well, that's his ex-girlfriend who he was with for two years. They went through all this stuff together. Like they weathered all of these storms together and then we get together and, you know, we hit our first quote-unquote bump in the road of his dad blowing up Mm -hmm. and she's just like I don't know what to do because every single time she's trying to comfort him with sex like you see it repeatedly that's all she's got she thinks that's all she thinks she's got right because truly I feel like we've seen Kelly be a lot better than this but she's just like confused and doesn't know what to do and he just keeps turning her down and then Brenda's like food (laughs) he's like yes yeah I mean, there's a lot to be said about, you know, the fact that it was a loaded invite, you know, it's like, it's this place that Dylan's been to, even through their hard times, it's like, I don't know, it's it's almost like Dylan has found that he can get through bad times with Brenda, or like Brenda has always been really good at that part of their relationship, and same with, I guess, Cindy, too, I mean, it did... She didn't really mention anything about Jim, and we know how tumultuous their relationship is. But even still, it's still a a safe space, right? And it's still a family. And that's not even – I'm not even trying to compare Kelly and Brenda at this point. But, like, I don't really know Dylan and Jackie's relationship at this point. And I don't think any of us know it. I don't even know if they know each other. I I assume they know each other. But, you know, it's still – you go when times get tough you tend to go back to things that make you feel better and this is one of them and it's so weird to see Kelly so insecure about it because usually she's the one out of the entire friend group that does give the good advice and does know the right things to say and kind of is that moral compass um and she just she can't do it for whatever reason she feels insecure she feels self-conscious she feels like she's walking on eggshells she just doesn't know what to say and it's so out of character but I think it also kind of like combines with the other stuff that's happening with her too like she's insecure about a lot of things right now and it's just kind of like tipping the scales Ooh, that's a bad pun um Mm. it's taking a bad turn and just kind of trickling into all aspects of her life right now yeah, that's actually, you know, kind of a really good point. 
and you know maybe hats off to the writers I assume they knew what they were doing when they did this but like you know a lot of I think god I could be totally wrong. um <laughs> but like a lot of this probably feels like I can't control anything else in my life but I can control me and I can control food and I can control like what I'm eating versus what I'm not eating mm-hmm. and because even when they go to the Walsh's later, like every time she's in the Walsh house, she gets really stressed out and she eats food and then she feels bad about it because like that's a house where she has no control. True. That's very true. But everywhere else, she's like, you know, something's going weird in my relationship. My mom might have to sell my house because my stepdad has been cheating on her and, you know, they're getting divorced. I can, you know, control my breakfast. So I'm going to. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, but they are doing a really good job of setting this up and not like because I know we were afraid several episodes ago whenever this first started with um, Kelly's dieting and, and, and potential eating disorder. It's like we didn't want it to just be like a throwaway plot line. We wanted it to mean something, not that we wanted it to happen. It was just if it, if it was going to happen, it needed to make sense. And I think with each passing episode, it makes more and more sense. So they've done a really good job connecting the dots and kind of making it purposeful without feeling um, insensitive, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because like, so this episode is the first time you see her being like, oh, I just got these over the counter diet pills, which like, it's what, 1993? She's taking speed, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's amphetamine. I tried... I learned that no matter how you Google over-the-counter diet pills from the 90s, you will just get taken to GNC for diet pills right now. Oh, wow. I could not find anything that was, like, very specifically over-the-counter. It was just, Hmm. like, in the 90s, you could get ephedra. And I was like, could you just get ephedra or did you need a prescription for it? Right. And I apparently don't know how to Google because it was just (laughs) like, do you need to diet? (laughs) Son of a GNC has all of your dieting needs taken care of today. Yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, I was going to say this is the first episode that we see her with the diet pills. And I don't know if y'all remember the slumber party episode had, uh, what was it, Amanda? Yes. And yes, Amanda yes, yes. was taking the diet pills. And then they like Amanda storms out after being like bitchy all night and she left her purse and they open her purse and they're like, Oh my God, these are diet pills. And Kelly even says like, Jackie takes these, like Jackie Mm -hmm. abuses these pills. And then Amanda comes back in and they're like, stop dieting. And she's like, you're right. Give me cookies. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So like, I just, all of that came like flooding back to me when she pulls the diet pills out of her purse. And I was just like, at least this is getting more weight well ooh, another good pun there it's okay it's okay these are completely unintentional usually mine are intentional to be funny and (laughs) these are not um it's also the first time one of the first times that we've seen people actually take notice like donna actually notices i mean kelly outright says like here are my diet pills um but she's noticing at least that like wait a minute this isn't right like you don't like stop that like you don't need to diet blah 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 and then you know Cindy notices that you know or I guess it was like 
the pie or whatever. And Kelly, or Kelly makes a comment about, oh, well, I've been eating so much junk food. You know, I need to stop. I need to lose pounds or whatever. And so it's like people are actually starting to take notice, whereas like the last several episodes, everybody's just batted an eye or it just hasn't been significant because like you've pointed out before, it's like nobody it's like people aren't together so they don't mm. hear her over and over it's like first she tells david and then it's donna and then it's dylan and then it's jack mckay like whoever it was yeah and i mean even in this one i think you know donna's the one that says something and i think most of that is because she sees her get the pills at school and be like oh you know i'm just i want to lose five pounds or whatever number she throws out and then at the peach pit she's like no i'm not gonna eat a burger and fries i just want a coffee and then she takes another pill and donna's like don't you think you're going a little bit too far but then she goes to the bathroom and takes more pills which nobody sees so like Mm -hmm. we've got people going from not noticing anything to like kind of noticing something at the top level and of course it's cindy and of course it's donna right but then like there's still this much deeper part of it that you know, I guess we're going to get too soon. Yeah. Yeah, you would think so. So I was just thinking um, about how Dylan is, like, the only one who has, like, heard comments about how much or how little she's eaten, like, several times. And I was just thinking, like, why hasn't Dylan noticed? But then I just remembered, like, on their first date, she was just like, no, I don't want dessert that has so many calories or whatever. So she's literally talked like that the entire time that they've been together So he hasn't noticed anything has changed with her. True. Yeah, no, it's very true. And honestly, I think, you know, with that, even if it changed a little bit and he, like, saw her skip dinner a couple of times, like, I hate to keep saying it, but his dad just blew up. Like, he's a little bit distracted. He he always has something going on in his life and, you know – Honestly, sometimes I also just think he's a little bit of a bad boyfriend. I mean, he cheated on his last girlfriend with his current girlfriend for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like he's just he's got a lot of shit on his mind. Yeah. And I think, too, like, again, not to like condone anybody not picking things up or condone anything like this. But like, I also think. Kelly's kind of done a decent job not making it like drastic if like until this point like because she she had just been like skipping meals or losing weight almost naturally I guess like I, I don't know how to say it but it's like to Mary's point in the beginning she was just concerned about calories now she's concerned about pounds and she's kind of rationalizing it to like, oh, I just really need to lose two more pounds or something like that. And obviously we all know it's never just those two pounds, right? It's like once you lose two, it's then what's the next goal? You know, then it becomes five, then it becomes 10 and so on and so forth. But I think maybe also she might be keeping it more secret from Dylan because of what happened, Um, at least in terms of making comments out loud. Like maybe – If he was noticing, like, she would be skipping meals and things. But if she's not vocalizing it, maybe he's just not noticing, to your point, Ariel, that he's just distracted and preoccupied with the fact that his dad just died in a pretty horrific way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think it's definitely a lot of factors. Like, it's layered. 
and it's all yeah. these other things. And I, I think, you know, he's, he's not doing it on purpose. I don't think any of it is purposeful, but I feel like it, her insecurity in their relationship and like him rejecting her like advances on him multiple times. Yeah. Is also definitely like spurring this on. So yeah. like, again, he is, he is distracted. His dad just died. He's working on writing something. And I mean, writing is a very therapeutic thing to do. Like I imagine that, you know, he just doesn't even want her there while he's doing this. And she's yeah. just like, well, I, I want you. And he's like, well, I don't want you. And she's like, it's because I'm fat. Right. And so then right. she goes and buys diet pills and right. it's just, it's all, it's all building. Yeah. It's all building slowly. I feel like hitting, like, I feel like it's kind of hit that almost the peak because I feel like something bad's going to happen and then it's going to start unraveling pretty quickly. Yeah. She's at a point where she's not trying to hide what she's doing anymore. And I think she wants someone to stop her and be like, baby, are you okay? I'm here for you. I genuinely think that a lot of this is like she she's looking for security. She wants to feel safe. She wants somebody to take care of her. And she's she's just not getting it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, like Jackie has to take care of Aaron because she's a baby. Um, Donna has David. Mel's not even in the picture anymore. And then Dylan, she wants to, like, have him be there for her, but he can't because of everything that's happened. Plus, they just started dating, it feels like, so they're still fresh. So she probably feels like she can't be needy and clingy, even if she wants to be. Yeah, it's just all a mess. Poor girl. Yeah, and she doesn't have Brenda. Her yeah. stepbrother isn't around because he's doing a million things. It's a rough time for one Kelly Taylor. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, I think it's a little bit later in the episode when they're in the bathroom. Yeah, because it's after the dinner when Brenda walks in and is like, oh, I'm sorry you had to leave early. And she's just like, why don't you just ask Dylan to move in with you? And then yeah. she says, like, I'm sorry, I have a lot of things going on in my life right now. It's like, she does, and she doesn't really have anybody to talk to about it. Yeah, this would be a really good time to have Kelly and Brenda's friendship again, and I miss it. No. That's honestly, the farther we get into this, the more I hate Dylan and Kelly, mostly because it's hurting Kelly and also Brenda. Yeah, for sure. Like, Dylan's hot. I love the eyebrow scar. <laughs> Again, I'm realizing he's a shitty boyfriend. Yeah. That's all I got. I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, bad segue, but I mean, after all of that, um, <laughs> we're still pretty early on in the episode, I but um, we kind of talked a lot about the whole Kelly storyline in this episode, though. But basically, the next thing chronologically that happens is stupid Mr. Myers. He's back with no facial hair because apparently he just decided to keep it after he got to shave it off or half shave it off or whatever that thing was. And um, he's trying to help Andrea pick an issue with the Blaze to enter into some awards contests or whatever. And Andrea is classic, like, overachiever, classic, like, own worst critic um, being a realist about the fact that she just doesn't feel like any of the issues are good, or if there's a story that's good, the whole issue as a whole was bad, whatever that is, and the boys are all being, like, positive, like, oh, you're being too hard on yourself, but she's obviously way more competitive than that, and so 
they I don't remember if it was the same scene. Um, it may have been later, but I think it was later. Yeah. Do you want to just go and talk about it since that one's kind of? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, Because, so, yeah, like, the reason they're trying to find this good thing is that they can win a contest so that the editors can go to D.C., which honestly just reminded me how much Brandon doesn't deserve to be an editor. (laughs) Yeah. He just walks into this conversation and it's just like, oh, we could win a prize? He's like, oh, hey, hey, guys, what are you talking about? Prize? Money? I know a thing or two about money. Like, they've just... Now I'm just imagining him going to D.C. and being like, I'm going to put $20 on that Senate vote. Right? He's going to go to Capitol Hill and lay down some beds. (laughs) But yeah, he just walks in and is just like, oh, cool, a trip. And I just want to be like, you don't deserve that trip. You don't go. Only only Andrea goes. And, And And Jordan Bonner. I was going to say, and she can invite the man of her choice. Yeah. Who is not Brandon. <laughs> not Gil. Yeah. I forgot about Gil. I legitimately forgot. I was like, when is the last time we even saw him? It was like two months ago. Yeah. I remember you were like something, I think earlier in like a previous episode, you were like, he's in eight episodes or like something like that. Maybe it was more. <laughs> yeah. No, he's in like 12 and we've only seen five. Oh boy. What? He's here forever. Yikes. I was like, what is the point of you? I legitimately forgot he existed. <sighs> like, he teaches English and journalism. And I was just like, who are you? I know. How long is this school year that we get to see him so many more times? No, that, I, Well, Dylan references, like, they have three months left in the school year. So, yeah. I also that line. <laughs> they have. So, I, I think I kind of did the math. They have. We have seven more episodes until commencement part two, which would be the end of the school year because they're all graduating. And then Andrea says they have three more issues before the contest deadline. So I don't know if that means that they're a weekly or a biweekly or whatever. Hmm. But I was like, we're just going to see so much of him because now Dylan's in his AP English class. Andrea is, you know, gung ho about winning this DC trip. He's just here, and I don't understand. Guys, I hate to tell you this, but spoiler alert, he goes to college. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he is not the Feeny of this show. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I would I would flip this table right now yeah. <laughs> and just be like, no, we are not going to college. No way. We are starting back over. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, because then I don't remember exactly – how she has the idea is it she like she's in the bathroom when Brenda and Kelly are yelling at each other and then she comes out and is like it's not a competition of who can be a better friend to Dylan but then I swear to god something clicks in her head and she's like it's a competition to see who can be a better friend to Dylan I know she's like you guys should give him space but that doesn't mean I have to it's like and she just immediately goes like and take I think Mary said it in her synopsis she just totally does the opposite of the uh, she does the opposite of the advice that she gives Kelly and Brenda or maybe just Kelly yeah I think it was just Kelly yeah Um, and then she calls him well okay so first she goes back to the newspaper room yeah and tells Gil her idea 
I hate that I call him Gil. I do I too. Hate, I hate him so much. You've had an interesting episode. You also said y'all earlier. <laughs> I say y'all all the time. Do you though? Because it's not near as much as like I think you would want to. I mean, it's more than you'd want to. Anyway. <laughs> Rude. She tells Mr. Myers Ugh. that she has the perfect idea for the uh, this edition's senior spotlight and that she wants to do Dylan and then Brandon comes in and kind of yells at her for it and is like, you need to leave Dylan alone. Yeah. And again, he's not wrong. No, he's not. Like, this is not a bad episode for Brandon. I truly agreed with him. And, like, I'm so glad that when it finally happened, Andrea was, like, very straightforward with him and that it worked out that, like, Dylan wanted to work things out on yeah. paper and be like, if it's okay, at the end of it, you can publish it. But if not can't publish it and like they went along with that but like Brandon really was just like no mm-hmm. do, you, do you have any idea how many times people have tried to interview him you can't get this and then she's like well we're friends they have literally never spent time alone together yeah literally never this is the first time you see Andrea and Dylan alone together absolutely it was like the whole you know Dylan and David thing from last episode or yeah last episode I think Maybe two episodes, whichever it was. It was the wake. And mm-hmm. um, basically, yeah, I mean, like, I do also appreciate, because you're right, like, Brayden is adequately upset. And he honestly would know better than most because he was the one that helped Dylan escape the reporters, you know, to go to that weird outdoor market thing. And, you know, so he's seen it firsthand. But then even here, at the very least, they kind of keep Andrea true to form here too because she's like, well, no, I feel like this is an okay thing to do as long as I'm up front about it. And she goes to his house. She talks to him about it. She genuinely listens to him, listens to his like feelings. And it does feel like a therapy session. And, but the whole time I was like, she's going to ask him, she's going to say something and it's going to make Dylan mad. I was fully prepared for Dylan to get upset. Um, and he kind of does. I mean, he's like, and here are the strings, right? Because he was basically talking about how nobody really wants to talk to him anymore without strings, whether that's Kelly, Brenda, whoever, um, the Times, People Magazine, whoever it was. And, you know, it was just nice that Andrew was like, yeah, I get that, but I really think this actually might help you. And you can say no, you don't have to do this. Like, this is totally on you. I just thought it would be a good idea because you've obviously had just a crazy year and, you know, this would be a good story. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very unbrand for Andrea that she is in it to win it, but that she also has a heart. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like you think about uh, the football at home and away, I think, where Jordan – like was gonna send his thing Brandon wanted to put in the paper but he didn't tell anybody about it and that blew up and then Andrea was like you didn't ask for help I would have helped you with this but right. like this can't go in a paper and just be okay mm-hmm. which like maybe that kind of inspired maybe Jordan inspired her of like you need to get your feelings out and you need to be done with that and then the second draft is the one that you put in the paper yeah exactly like that's a great point like he's Andrea is learning more from her peer, Jordan Bonner, than her freaking teacher, Mr. Myers. She's learning more from Jordan Bonner in three episodes, and he's not even in this one. I've placed him in this one <laughs> than she has learned from Brandon in three years. Exactly. 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's, I mean, that's most of it. I think like we'll probably talk about it more as the episode goes along because like Dylan and Kelly are the two big pieces of this episode. Right. But the other big pieces are Brandon and David. And right now, David has to go listen to that horrible song at the studio. Yeah, by the end of it, when they're like, this was on your demo or like something like that. And like the dude picked it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This was already David singing on the tape and they're re-recording it, obviously, like changing it and stuff. But at first I was like, man, this song sucks. Who would want to record that? And then I find out it was already one David did. (laughs) The idea that that was still on his demo when he wanted to do like light rap and hip hop or whatever Mm -hmm. they kept calling it. But I had the subtitles on when they play the song the first time and it said lush synthesized orchestra playing with David's vocals interesting lush <laughs> i know don't know the if word I, i'd use yeah don't know right? if i would use that word but uh sure I was it, like, was, it was so organy it like, was genuinely terrible yeah it was trash absolute it was, trash it was so bad. and every time they recorded it brian austin greed's voice got more and more out of key yeah and like I, I don't even know the words. It was like, are you precious to me? I'm precious to you over and over and over and over again. The same thing. I was just like, stop. Just I know. Stop. And then at one point they were like, we need to get a new mic. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, brah, that's not the problem. They hooked a new one up and then they were just like, okay, you're ready to go. And I'm like, they're not done yet. They haven't even plugged that shit in. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the point. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy, though, because, like, of how unhappy David was about it. And I'm like, hold on. Like, I mean, I understand, like, his main gripe was that he wanted to do hip-hop and rap. And he didn't get to, like, stand up for himself, I guess. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, you did put it on your demo. So at one point, you thought this was good enough to get noticed or, like, potentially put out on an album so do you hate it because it's not hip-hop even though you still recorded it or do you hate it because you're realizing how bad it is I mean like it's one of those things where you know you said it earlier it was a bad song and then they made it worse yeah and this totally proves everything that we have been talking about leading up to this where David keeps getting left alone in the room with two adult males who you know say that they know more than him about these things and they're professionals and they've been in this business for forever and you know it's usually two against one like he's constantly being ganged up on or like he's alone in the booth and Serge is out in the other room just like talking down to his friends and this is the whole thing like he's alone and he doesn't feel like he can stand up for himself and he doesn't have anybody to stand up for him in the room with Serge and then at the end of it all, Serge presents this absolute garbage to What's-His-Face. Mm-hmm. And What's-His-Face is like, well, this is absolute garbage. And Serge was like, that's what I said. Like, no, you <laughs> yeah. didn't. You never said that. But all of this ends up backfiring on David anyway because then he says, like, well, I didn't like how this sounded anyway. And the guy at Icon is like, why didn't you say something? Right. And he's like, I didn't know I could. Which, again, like – 
you know, David's just a little baby. Like, he doesn't know. He's just, he's naive because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he doesn't have a manager. He's self-represented. And I'm not saying that Steve would have known what to do or say and that he would have done everything right. But he definitely at least would have heard from David and could have been an advocate, right? Like, at the very least, even if it was still the wrong thing to say, wrong thing to do, if that's what ended up what Steve did, he still would have at least, like, heard it straight from David and not just, like, assumed it was fine and whatever ended up happening. Yeah, I mean, this, I wrote in my episode, or in my notes, I was like, we're getting a good guy Steve episode, which like, thank God, because I still have not forgiven Steve for all of his racist comments leading up to now. Yeah. But like Donna shows up to school so early that she's there before Steve's pre-detention <laughs> and is like, I need to talk to you because you have to go help David because like he's not listening to me. The idea that like if she says anything, she gets kicked out just makes me so mad. Yeah. Even though the same thing happened to Steve. But like. I still, I firmly believe that this would have been Steve's like, oh my God, I'm actually good at something Mm -hmm. of like, I will advocate for my friend and I'm not afraid to be a loud, obnoxious asshole. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just so weird. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like Steve is only a year older than David and yet he seems so much more like mature and like I don't know like ready to be in this business and and it's probably due to his mom being in the biz for so long or whatever so he really has heard things but it's funny because you don't really get that vibe from him until like he needs to be there and you're like comparing himself to David or comparing himself to Brandon or the other kiddos his age but then it's like wait a minute he would have been good at this. Like Steve is going to be a good salesman, a good businessman, whatever he ends up doing, as long as it's with people, because he just, he just gets it. That's, it has to be with people because he is so bad at everything else. He doesn't (laughs) know how to use a computer. He doesn't know how to take a test. Yep. He can talk to people. Yep. Like, I just, as soon as all of this stuff started unraveling for David, which I guess this is it. I I find it hard to believe that this is it for his music career. Yeah, I mean, all they really do is like, you know, they walk out of, like basically David gets fired or whatever the rule, the word is in that business for that or, you know, just doesn't get the, the label or the deal or whatever. And Essentially, like, the wrap-up for that storyline is that they were just back at the Peach Pit, and it was Steve, Dylan, uh, sorry, Steve, David, Kelly, and Donna, and basically Steve's, like, putting David's song on the jukebox, which, how did, how the hell did it get on the jukebox? I, anyway, and <laughs> David's basically like, you want to be my manager again? And he's like, yeah, it sounds like the Silver Sanders partnership is back, whatever he says. Yeah. And there we go again. So we're going back to beach club parties. <laughs> I mean, prom. Good point. Good point. Would save Beverly Hills or West Beverly some money. Well, and, you know, they did the thing before with the pigskin prom of like, just hire David. You know, you're just going to hire David. Like, right. 
just hire David for the prom. Yeah. Just do it. But yeah, and <laughs> that's it for David. I know. Yeah, it was a pretty simple storyline <laughs> for him this week. <laughs> uh, well, that works out because then we go to the peach pit where mm-hmm. Brandon's working and Duke comes in wearing what I assume is the only kind of clothes he owns. I mean, like that's the bookie outfit. <laughs> I know. They really made him like a cartoon villain. Yeah. Like he came in in a trench coat, pulled out tight, like the hat on, and even like makes a face when Brandon's like, I have to go tell Nat that I'm going to take a break. And he's like, yeah, kid, you're taking a break. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> taking a break your legs. <laughs> I, I also truly love that he walks in and Andrea's is like, hey, <laughs> how are you? And he's just like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, remember me? We met at the horses. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's very like, hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Catch you later, doll. Yeah, I think he literally calls her sweetheart, which just like is nails on a chalkboard for me. Yeah. Like, no, she's she's an adult. She I'm pretty sure she even says, like, do you remember me? I'm Andrea. We met at this place. Like she spells it out for him. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Bye. <laughs> and then yeah, he like goes to Brian and is like, we need to talk. And so they go out to the back, and he's like, I like you, kid. That guy in the car, he doesn't like you. (laughs) And then the whole thing, he's like, you know, I told you last time that was your only chance. And Brandon's like, oh, I paid you. And he's like, well, you still haven't paid me now. You got till Friday, which, like, kind of makes me think he got a second chance. Right? Yeah. It's like, cool, you paid me some, but you still owe me more. And I said one chance, but I really meant two. Because I'm going to give you so Friday, kid. Yeah, and like $1,500. Yeah, I don't even think they said... Did they say 1500 in that particular scene or was it later on? Yeah, because at one point, like, I'm like down in my notes. It's like near the end of the episode. I'm like, how much is this kid on the hook for? And then like literally as I was typing it, they said $1,500. And I was like, fifteen. Yeah, no, I wrote that down too because when he goes to a uh, little baby boy over there and is like, hey, I want to bet on the Celtics game. Um, oh my God, I've been gesturing so much. I hit my step goal. <laughs> that's the benefit of having a standing desk. I told you, you could like ex- be more expressive and it, that's true. It's working out perfectly. Everyone, tell me what you think of this podcast episode versus the last 22. <laughs> like go back and listen to this entire season, get up to this one. Tell me if you think this is an improvement on me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You can email your responses to backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So when he goes to the bookie and he pulls out that like PDA thingy, which I loved. I loved it so much. Yep. Like the pocket calculator that he was like, this is my TI-83. I'm going to store your bets in it. Um, but then he like pulls out the pad folio and writes down his bet and then turns it to the bookie. I rewound and paused and like enhanced (laughs) several times. Enhanced. Still didn't work. Yeah. But I tried so hard to see what he wrote down. Because it's like this, that's got to be the number. Like, 
I mean, I could totally see Jason Priestley just writing like boobies. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried so hard and you couldn't see it. And then, yeah, it gets to the very end of the episode where he wins the Celtics game bet and is like, oh, yeah, I bet 15 on it. And Steve was just like, you're so excited about $15. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, 1500 And he's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that uh, device, I tried to look up because I want to make sure that we're doing our research, and I couldn't explicitly find anything, but there was something called, like, the pocket computer or something, and it was spelled, like, P-O-C-Q-U-E-T or something, like, pocket. <laughs> okay. It was French, um, and that was the only thing I could find that, like, resembled, because, like, it resembled... um. Do you remember the, the the phones that came out maybe like late high school the for us? They yeah, but like this those were like the what brand was that? That was like hmm. I just remember T-Mobile had the Sidekicks like exclusively. Yeah, the one so that it wasn't like, that. Flipped. Yeah, cuz it looked like yeah, but there's another phone that Verizon had and it was LG and it like it was like a normal phone on the front, but then you can turn it sideways and flip open it, and it's like an, a little keyboard. I had that. I had it was too. That, was that the yeah. Engage? I don't remember. I don't remember oh what it's called. Like you could throw out any name and I wouldn't remember it. But that's what this little device looked like um, to me because it was almost more like a little, I mean, like a sidekick. It just didn't flip, open, like twist open. Yeah. It just flipped open. And, um, but I tried to look it up and, and I am also bad at Googling. So I was like, <laughs> technology available in 1993. Like, <laughs> like I could not figure out how to Google this. And that was the only thing I could find. It was called like the pocket computer or something. And it was basically like a Palm Pilot, but not looking like a Blackberry, looking more like yeah, a, like, like a flip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it, it actually looked kind of familiar to me. Like, I wonder if my dad might've had one. Yeah. And then, like, after that, when he got actual, like, cell phones and stuff, just, like, you know, you keep technology. You just don't get rid of it. And it's right. just like, here, play with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. So then later on, because basically there's, like, a pretty big gap. Because, I mean, really the only thing that happens is, like, Nat tells Brandon he's out of control with it. You know, and we, like we talked about earlier, the baby bookie is supposedly bringing the money to Brandon, but Steve has his doubts. Everybody has their doubts. But then baby bookie's like, well, no, I'll bring it to you at the peach pit. And then he he shows up and man, oh man, because he didn't have all the money, Brandon just goes off the rails. I mean, I get it. And the episode was building this the whole time. So it makes sense. Again, not angry Brandon inappropriately, just angry Brandon. And he is about to beat him up and all that. And luckily Steve shows up. Yeah. Like Steve like peels into the back of the peach pit and it's just like, what are you doing? And you know, Brandon comes to his senses pretty quickly and is just like, I have dug myself into this hole. I am so fucking screwed because I thought a 16 year old with a pocket computer <laughs> was going to have $1,500 for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and luckily, like, Steve does try to come to Brandon's age. I mean, he shouldn't, but that's when he talks about his allowance and how it's definitely more than $300 and he's already spent it. Um, 
And then basically, I don't remember what happens after that, but basically like Nat calls Brandon and tells him that Duke is waiting for him. And um, when he gets to the peach pit, he only gives him a third of what he owes, which is only 500 bucks. But apparently Duke doesn't beat up Brandon because he's like, oh, good. And then he takes the 500K or 500K, good Lord, oh, the $500 and just puts it in Nat's pocket. And is like, because you owe this guy the rest of the money. And which, Brandon escapes punishment. I love Nat so much dearly it was just this whole thing this it's so much like we got to the horse racing like last season where you find out that nat is friends with a bookie and like just likes to you know throw some side bets every now and then and like literally i think there is definitely a limit of like gambling is an okay hobby until it is very much not like i don't think i think any sort of like middle point of that is very clearly the lead up to the it's not okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I used to work with somebody who, and he's like grown ass man, got two kids, like not single like Brandon. He's got assets and <laughs> he would talk about, now granted, I don't know how much of this was just like bravado or whatever, but he would talk about like gambling regularly and it would be like thousands of dollars. And I'm like, what and I mean on the one hand some of it would be like at Vegas like when you go to Vegas and things like that but another was like when he just plays fantasy football with his buddies the pot is just insane like I was feeling apprehensive about just putting in 20 bucks but he's talking about like he wouldn't even join our work fantasy football league for less than 200 dollar buy-in oh my yeah. god like he's like it's just not worth it at that point I'm like wait what <laughs> no ten dollars is my limit on these things. I am not, gambling is not fun with me. I don't enjoy like the stress of it, but Mm -hmm. like, like John has been to, uh, what's it? Biloxi in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Like when he was 18, uh, I think it was 18. Like whenever you're actually allowed to go into casinos, his stepdad took him and like some friends to Biloxi and was like, here's the little blackjack card. And here's how you go play blackjack. And like, I think since then we've been to casinos twice in yeah. the eight years we've been together. Mm-hmm. And like one was because we were driving through Vegas and like we stopped for the night and I was like, I want to watch a magic show. <laughs> John was like, okay. And then like we went and gambled for like 10 minutes after that. And I was like, nope. Yeah, my one and only time, and I probably have told this story before, I'm not sure if it's been on the podcast, but like, was on a cruise, which I'll never go back on a cruise, unless it's an Alaskan one, in which case I might do it. But it was on a cruise, and Nate and I were playing craps, which I do like craps, because it's a team game, kind of. <laughs> like, we everybody's together. Like, yeah, like, everybody's cheering for everybody, and um, this cute couple next to us was like teaching us how to play the entire time. It was like this these two ladies who were just like winning a crap ton of money. So I was like, yeah, I trust you. And <laughs> she'd like explain the rules and tell us when to what do whatever place went, like whatever. Nate understood it more than I did. But I was so preoccupied with our chips. And 
I would take like all the money that we got out in chips and I would keep it over here. And then, you know, we'd take some and put some in the, you know, crafts place and then we'd win something. And so then I would like have a hard line between these are our original chips and here are our new one chips. And Nate would just like not be looking down and try to grab from the original chips and I'd slap his hand and say, no, those are our original chips. Play only from the winning chips. And he's like, why? It's all the same money. I'm like, it is not the same money. It is not. We either break even or we win. This is how gambling works. <laughs> See, this is what makes me think that you would be the kid that would like walk around and be like, big league chew? <laughs> no. Not on my watch. <laughs> big league. I don't know. I, know. I can't think of anything that rhymes with chew that works. Nope, still can't. <laughs> but yeah, no, see, I'm telling you, I'm a rule follower and I'm paranoid that I'm going to lose all my money. I'm very paranoid about money. Big league boo. Big league boo? <laughs> That's all I got. Get out of the, get out of here with your big league chew. More like, More big, like big league boo. boo. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, Brandon just, he leads a charmed life, but I do love angry Nat. Like, when Nat actually got angry and he was, like, yelling in Brandon's face, I'm like, I'm here for this. I, I could watch Nat be angry. Okay. And, like, truly, you know, we were making fun of it earlier, but Nat being, like, you do this again and I'm telling your father is, like, yeah. actually what a lot of people go for in, like, forms of punishment of, like, I oh, have yeah. no right to actually punish you and, like, firing you from this job does not solve your gambling problem, but telling your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I would get in trouble for things and, like, parents would just talk and be like, well, I have to tell your parents what you did. Like, yeah. Do you really? I know. I'd get so upset. I'm like, but, like, you don't. <laughs> like, you don't have to tell my mom. She'll find out on her own. But by then it'll be long gone. Because <laughs> right? my mom was all like, I think I've mentioned, I've definitely mentioned this here, but my mom, like, swear to God, she has eyes everywhere. Like, in our in my circles in high school, I couldn't get away with anything because somebody would tell their mom who they have a great relationship with and could just tell them anything and it'd be fine. And then that mom would tell my mom and I wouldn't have told my mom, not because we didn't have a good relationship, but I would genuinely be scared of what she thought. And then I'd get in trouble. Yeah. No, like I just nothing upsets me more than like either people telling my parents things to get me in trouble or even like my parents telling my friends parents things like yeah. there was one time that I got Saturday school for a totally bullshit reason and I was so mad about it and I've still not gotten over it <laughs> oh no clearly. yeah uh and well so this kid in my Latin class needed hadn't done his homework for mythology like think about this I was in Latin <laughs> class and the kid hadn't done his mythology homework man you must like, have gone in one of them fancy schools <laughs> so he asked me because we had them back to back so he asked me if he could borrow the mythology homework over lunch and then give it back to me and so I was like sure whatever I don't care it's worth like a point in my grade whatever so I gave him the homework and then rather than do it at lunch, he did it right in front of our Latin teacher. <laughs> so she took it. She took my homework, too. So then I got the zero on the one-point homework. Mm -hmm. And then, like, 
we went to the next class and he was like, oh yeah, I don't have your homework. It's like, are you serious? You don't Why not? <laughs> and then like the next day I was in computer and the vice principal, t- I know, I'm telling you, I was a <laughs> dork. Like I was not doing bad things. It was like, it was like a multiple choice. It was literally like read three pages of a myth and then answer these questions of like, who's the main character of the myth? Oh, God. He just never did it. And I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't care. And then, yeah, the vice principal pulls me out and is like, do you know why you're going to the principal's office? And I was like, no. <laughs> why would you say yes? <laughs> I had no idea. So then they told me. And so I got a zero on the homework. And then I got Saturday detention. And Saturday detention involves sitting with one of the football coaches in silence for eight hours. Oh, man. Luckily. Kind of luckily. So luckily, the kid who did this to me was on the football team. Nice. Yeah. So the coach was like super mad at him. And then he was like, I think you were in my freshman gym class. Why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. And then he made us go into the parking lot and pick up all the cigarette butts and the empty dip cans from the Friday night football game. And then he sent us home early. But like. Since he was sending us home early, I was supposed to go to my friend's house after Saturday detention and, like, have a sleepover with her. Because literally nobody cared I was in trouble. (laughs) Except when I got out of detention early, my mom called her parents to be like, can you just go get her? You live right next to the school. And then they picked me up and they were just like, so Saturday detention. It's like, damn it. I didn't want people to know. My reputation is tarnished. (laughs) Well, and she was, like, the best person. We got caught passing notes in seventh grade, and she felt so bad she called our teacher that night to apologize. Oh, my God. That would be me. <laughs> oh, my God. I just had a memory resurface. Um, my Spanish teacher, like, I think this must have been, like, seventh or eighth grade. Um, but, yeah, I, like, got in trouble or something because I was a bad kid. Like, <laughs> I believed in the rules, and I really wanted to follow them, but I was just super bad at it. (laughs) So I got in trouble one time, and the Spanish teacher told me she was going to call my mom, and so I literally waited next to the phone all night long. (laughs) So so you could, like, intercept it? Yeah, so that I would get it first. That's hilarious. What If yeah. you had gotten it first, would you have, like, tried to talk like your mom? Lower your voice? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Hello? I would have just been like... This is Allison, but no, <laughs> like in a seventh grader's version of a mom voice. <laughs> right. And Hello. Like now, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember if I did it or not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't remember if she called because I can imagine her calling and I can imagine me pretending to be my mother on the phone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you remember when I pretended to be your mother on the phone? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This was when I stopped caring about rules. <laughs> I was going to say, I spent this whole time being like, I was a good kid. No. <laughs> I pretended to be Mary's mom to get her out of marching band one night. Yeah. <gasps> I you wanted I to get out of marching band? <laughs> I think we went to go see, like, Hostel or something. Like, we, we did went something and stupid. saw Borat. <laughs> oh, it was Borat. <laughs> Yes, and we bought tickets to see Marie Antoinette. 
But we didn't go see Marie Antoinette. <laughs> wow. And I was terrified the whole time that we were going to get in trouble. Not because we told the band teacher you were my mom, but because we snuck into a movie and I had never done that before. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you guys are bad kids. My mom would not have <laughs> let me hang out with you. Oof, and I rode in a car with a boy. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> not my <laughs> finest moment. <laughs> I know. I like. I'm feeling like this podcast brings up a lot of recovered memories for me. Dylan should try podcasting. He should. It gets a lot out. I know. This is how Andrea could have found out um, who hit her with his car. She should have <gasps> started a podcast. Oh yes. my god, she could have started like a serialized podcast of who hit me with my with their car. That would have been so good. Like, episode one, I am Andrea. Episode two, I am hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) Episode three, is he still out there? And then, yeah, at, like, some point, she, like, has a police officer on with her. She has somebody who owns a muscle car on with her. Then she does her, like, psychotherapy thing that she did on the podcast. Ooh, that would be a good one. And then the final episode, she interviews Brandon and Stephen Dillon about catching the guy. But then yeah. they'd have to reveal the like illegal racing. I mean, Ooh, I they could like- just put on voice changers and it would be like, yeah, for me, I did that. My friends, Billin. <laughs> just change them all to girl names this is my friend brenda <laughs> oh but then brenda would get in trouble and that would be on brand <laughs> brenda i can't believe you went to an illegal street race like what would brandon think about that i never even left the house <laughs> i was here you and i talked for like four hours <laughs> Brenda, don't change the subject. (laughs) That detail is not important. What is important is you were there. Oh, my God. And then serial season two. Where was Brenda? (laughs) I feel like somewhere in there, there's also a spinoff of Andrea's podcast about the legacy key. I'm telling you, like, there, there are legitimately, like, true crime podcasts that just, like, hammer out these seasons. Yep. And that would be Andrea. Agreed. Um, did we? <laughs> no. Did we wrap it up? Maybe. I exited my notes. So, <laughs> so yes. I think the only thing we didn't really talk about was just that Dylan did decide to write the thing and Kelly wanted to have sex instead and... Dylan was like, nah, I got to write. And then she wanted to read it, and he wouldn't let her read it. And then he goes to Andrea's, I almost said her journalism class, but (laughs) her, God, the classroom, and tells Andrea he's going to write it, but, like, he still has final sign if it gets published. And then Andrea's trying to convince him, like, hey, wait, you're well-read. You can still change your life. Take AP English with three months left to graduate as if you could do that. I yeah, I guess like he could just switch up to the class and then that will be his English grade for the semester, but it's I don't think he could 
take the AP test. Like, I just don't know that that's possible because so much of that is writing those stupid essays. And, like, we prepared for those essays from, like, day one. Yeah. But but you only really need, like, a three on the exam to, like, have it mean anything. So only some of them. Right. Because I think English, at least now and in Georgia, who knows, I think AP English Lit was senior year and you needed like a five to get the credit. Yeah. I have no idea why I never took any AP English. I should have. I I loved it. I I know. I would have too. Like I was English was my best subject probably. I don't know why I never did. I think it was because I was taking other stuff. But any hoozle. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's basically, he's like, talks to Mr. Myers and. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he, he has to stop cutting class, something, something else, and listen. <laughs> <laughs> or no, think. Think. That's what it was. He had to it think. Was no cutting. We just watched this episode like an hour ago. Yeah. I didn't write it down because I hate Mr. Myers. I closed my notes, so they didn't happen. <laughs> well, and I still have your notes open. I don't think I wrote it down, though. No. You just wrote, can you just start a class with three months left to graduation? <laughs> didn't my, need my notes to remember I said that. <laughs> I did love, though, that she's talking to Mr. Myers, and she's like, Dylan should really be in this class. He's like, fine, where is he? And I really wanted to be like, in my office. <laughs> I know. She's only used that like twice, and I just... Missed I'll opportunities. For- I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. But yeah, I I think that's it. Like things things are on the come up for Dylan and Brand. All the boys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, David just got fired, but he didn't really have anything to begin with. Yeah. Um, Brenda's where she started at the beginning of the episode. Donna's where she started at the beginning of the episode. Andrea is very excited about the newspaper and Kelly is taking speed. Mm-hmm. So yep. I didn't grade, grade it, it my notes, but obviously, but I probably would give it like a B for baby bookie. Okay. I, like that. I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. Um, it wasn't amazing. Like, I don't think it lived no. up to last week's, but no. And that's really the big thing out of it. Um, it doesn't live up to last week's episode. So I think, I think I'll give it a B. Um, I think I'm going to give it a B plus hmm. for Donna's blossom hat. Oh yeah. That was good. She was just so cute. I know. She always is. She's she really like, yeah, is just like the point. best human too. Like she's An just always there Earth, for people. There ever was. It's the most perfect quote. I'm going to use that for my quote of the week from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only wrote one down this week, and it was when Donna was like, I'll be like Yoko Ono or something. Oh, yeah. I almost wrote down the um, when Donna said 10% of nothing is still nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Donna does math. It, yeah, exactly. But like, I was kind of distracted when she said it, and so I didn't want to write down the wrong thing and then sound dumb when I was talking about it, so I just didn't bother to rewind. That's fair. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone too far. Just <laughs> whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah. 
Okay. So what's next week? Um. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I even set it up beforehand and I clicked on something. Okay. Next week is season three, episode 24, Perfectly Perfect. Hmm. I mean, Kelly, right? You would think. Definitely Kelly. I mean, it's it's the thing we've been leading up to this whole time. And, like, yeah, she keeps saying, like, oh, I'm, like, two pounds away from my ideal weight. Like, Right, right. It's, it's Kelly. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm glad it's going to happen. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we said before, you need to, like, give this story its due. Right, for sure. I'd rather it, like, have a satisfying, like, wrap-up than just go away. Well, yeah, it, that's the thing. It needs to be addressed versus, like, don't take diet pills. Okay, can I have a cookie? Like, yeah, yeah. No, we need more than Agreed. that. And I I don't know that we'll get it, but I kind of think it would be really interesting to have at least, like, some sort of conversation with her and Jackie talking about, like, these, you know, control issues and, like, yeah. taking pills. Yeah, I mean, because who better to empathize than her mother, who ha has been on and off drugs for probably the better part of her adult life? Well, and she was a model. Like, she's very much taken diet pills. Yeah. So, we'll see. Definitely. I don't know if we'll get it, but I would love it. And I would also love Brenda to talk to her. Actually, Ugh. in my research, I was reading a couple articles and I found one that was an interview with Shannon Doherty. And she actually mentions that at some point they were supposed to do this storyline with Brenda. And according to Shannon Doherty, she was like, well, I, I'm just really thin anyway. And like with all of the anorexia and bulimia and like all of these things that are such hot button issues with girls, like I didn't, I didn't want to be the one presenting that. Which like, I guess. Hmm. But she said they cut it because she didn't want to do it. But I think when she means they cut it, like, maybe they just gave it to Kelly. Or maybe they didn't specifically, like, yeah, like, maybe they cut, like, a specific eating disorder or something. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, because, yeah, I think, like, if it's not this moment that she's talking about, like, they did this storyline, so. Yeah. Like, they didn't cut it. They just shifted it to Kelly. And, I mean, you know, I don't know how it happened back then. I don't know if they did some sort of PSA before or after. Or, like, I don't know how next episode's going to wrap up. But, I mean, I think they're handling it pretty good. Yeah, so far. Mm -hmm. I think. I think so, too. Well, I guess we will find out next week how it wraps up. Assuming it wraps up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until then, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Back2Podcast. And as we mentioned earlier, you can send us your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your fun facts, your BTS uh, facts, whatever you got. Um, just send them our way, even if it's bad feedback. And by bad feedback, we just mean that we're doing something wrong. Tell us so we can improve. Um, we want to make sure we're doing the show right. So just let us know when we aren't and if you think we are. That'd be cool to know, too. Um, and we'll make sure to give you a shout out too, but um, you can also email us at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And speaking of feedback, don't forget to share, subscribe, like, leave us a review on iTunes, um, preferably five stars, but, you know, be honest. 
that's that's cool. That's nice. We'd appreciate five stars. We'll shout you out if you give us five stars. Yeah, and if you shout or if you give us any sort of feedback, we'll shout you out from wherever that is, because um, we want to make sure that you're getting noticed too. And just make sure to tell all your friends, because if you like it and you know your friends would too, uh, we want to make sure that everybody gets to hear it that wants to. Yeah, and so you'll hear us again next week. And until then, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.